0: Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Welcome back. I am so glad you're here. And before we get into today's topic, I want to highlight a new review. So the latest review is called God is Not a Narcissist, which is the title of one of my recent episodes. And this person says, every podcast I listen to resonates with me. This particular podcast was definitely inspired. I love Lara's positivity and insights into learning how to navigate these difficult relationships. Thank you. Heart emoji. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for your beautiful review. I'm so grateful because this is how people find this podcast is through reviews and every time you leave a review, it makes it so that other people can hear these words if they need to hear them. So it means a lot that you would take the time to leave that review. So thank you so much. All right. So let's, last time we dove deep into the topic of self sabotage. And as you're moving through these episodes, I hope that you are building the skill of being willing to feel the hard things, knowing that it will bring healing to your life. So today we are working on trust, self-trust in particular. We will do an entirely other episode sometime later on trusting others, but today we're going to focus on self-trust. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Didn't we just do a whole episode on how your brain is wired to make bad decisions for you? Are you telling me that I have to both believe I am self-sabotaging myself and I have to learn how to trust myself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> trust me, it will all become clear. All right, so self-trust or trust is an is such an important topic because when you've dealt with narcissists your whole life, one of the ways that they can be so manipulative is to make you doubt yourself constantly, right? That's the whole definition of gaslighting is to make you doubt your reality. Right. And then they blame you for so many things. Right. And so once you get away from the toxicity, you're so affected by the abuse that it's hard to trust, especially if you have created a repeating pattern of toxic relationships and especially when you've tried to trust again and you've been consistently disappointed and you have consistently disappointed yourself. And so you are constantly living in a state of doubt and anxiety, wondering when the other shoe will drop, you assume you'll mess everything up and that you're fundamentally flawed. And you also assume that others out are out to get you. So I purposefully put self-sabotage first uh, to be followed immediately by self-trust. And this is to help you gain full awareness of what's actually going on. And sometimes that awareness might be a little bit painful, but remember pain doesn't come from the circumstance. It comes from the thoughts that you're having. And so I want to follow this up with an episode on self-trust so that we can mitigate the pain of those thoughts that you might be having so we can heal some of those thoughts. So let's go back to the brain. Remember the motivational triad. We seek pleasure, we avoid pain, and we do it all efficiently. So self-sabotage, as we learned, is an efficient subconscious way to avoid pain by feeling pain now, by failing ahead of time. And never trusting yourself is also about avoiding the future pain of failure and your brain over time begins to do this automatically to achieve efficiency, just like self-sabotage. It becomes your default to stop trusting yourself. And so in order to achieve that efficiency, in lack of self-trust, our brains create those filters, right? And those filters only allow us to see the things that to support our current belief about our reality. And it makes things so much less confusing, right? It's like going back and forth between, do I trust myself? Do I not trust myself? No, it's just easier for your brain to always not trust yourself. And all of that evidence makes that belief really, really strong. And our brains love Evidence that comes with the filter. And so when you are made to believe that you are not worthy of trust, it will find a bunch of evidence to support it. Now, this is normal and that doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. So, for example, I bet right now you could give me a long list of reasons of why you shouldn't trust yourself. In fact, If you're able to, go ahead and pause the episode, get out a sheet of paper, and write them all out. You'll be surprised at all the evidence that's going to come up for you when you think, reasons why I shouldn't trust myself. So do that exercise and then come back to the episode. So today, I want to offer that it's possible, even with all of your evidence to the contrary, that you can build the skill of self-trust. And how how do we do that? First, we reimagine what trust really is and what it's really about. Next, we rein in that impulse to self-blame. And finally, we heap on a whole lot of patience, compassion, and self-forgiveness. Okay, those are the three steps. Let's dive in. So typically we think trust means that we can rest assured that something will or will not happen that is outside of our control. We trust the mailman to come every day except Sunday. We trust the car to start first thing in the morning. It's about relying on something or someone to be a certain way that won't cause us hurt or disappointment. Self-trust is about setting a goal or plan for ourselves and trusting that we will follow through with achieving that goal. When we fail at that goal, it's really painful. Now, I want to pause here and emphasize an important distinction. Failure is not the source of your pain. I'm going to repeat this as often as possible throughout this entire, all the episodes so that it really gets drilled into your brain. Failure is not the source of your pain. Your thoughts about what you're calling a failure are the source of your pain because regardless, pain is happening, okay? Even if it's your thoughts, right? Whatever it is, wherever the source of the pain is, it's happening, okay? And your brain is wired to avoid pain, so it is naturally inclined to stop trusting you, to believe that you're not worthy of trust, so that you avoid the disappointment in the future. You avoid the pain that you're feeling in the future. This is beautiful. This is exactly how our brains are supposed to work. So lack of self-trust is really about a way to protect yourself against future pain. You don't trust yourself because it's not safe. And a huge part of the coaching process is becoming aware of when you're not acting because you believe it's not safe. And I want to suggest that it is actually is safe to trust yourself What? (laughs) Yes. It's safe to trust yourself. Does this mean that you'll never experience disappointment? No. In fact, trusting yourself might actually expose you to a little more disappointment than you're used to. Now remember, disappointment comes from your thoughts, not from your failure. So, more disappointment isn't actually a problem because we deal with disappointment not by stopping the failures. But by managing our emotions, managing our thoughts, and making our failures mean something different than what we usually make them mean, which brings us a lot of pain. So let's think about a baby. All right, a baby is learning how to walk. The baby does not have the wherewithal like we do to think things about herself as she's learning how to walk. She's just falling and getting up again. The baby doesn't think to herself, I'll never learn how to walk, I must be self-sabotaging. Why can't I get this right? I'm doomed to never walk no matter how hard I try, right? Those thoughts, those kinds of thoughts won't actually even start developing until about five or seven years old. Learning how to walk is about falling and getting up again over and over and over again. And guess what? A magical thing happens in the moment when we decide to get back up. Two things, actually, the muscles in the legs begin to develop more strength, right? In the act of lifting yourself up off of the ground, you actually build the muscles in your legs that enable you to walk, and then secondly, the brain, through the process of falling and getting back up, actually identifies what movements in your legs will work and what movements won't work to create balance, right? Those nerve endings become even more sensitive to what will work and what won't work. Um, sorry, what will work and what won't work, all right? This is amazing and it is only through failure, it is only through falling that this, these things happen. What if you could trust yourself? Even if you fail multiple times in a row, what if the failure doesn't mean anything about your future success? It just means that you're learning what not to do and you're getting stronger. So, what does this look like? It might mean you have a few more toxic relationships before we find the healthy ones. But If you're paying attention all along the way, if you're doing the work to heal, learning how to identify toxicity, never giving up and not spending any time beating yourself up, then you are guaranteed to move through those toxic relationships and find the right person and get into a healthy relationship. Self-trust isn't a natural consequence, okay? It's actually a decision and you can decide to trust yourself today from now on and forever. Trust yourself that you'll figure this out no matter what it takes. You can trust yourself that you can learn how to reach any goal. Trust yourself that you'll never ever beat yourself up again. Next, in order to make room for true self-trust and of course a lot of other wonderful things, <laughs> we have to let go of the mechanism to self-blame. This mechanism is powerful in those affected by narcissism. All of my clients deal with this, including myself. Narcissists love to blame other people for their emotions and for their problems. And if you're in the nearest orbit of a narcissist, you are likely a frequent target for their blame. And they are so good at making you believe that you really are to blame. So you start blaming yourself. You, start, you adapt that habit. Soon... This self-blame habit starts to become the default. Every time something goes wrong, every time someone feels bad, every time you fail, it's your fault. If it weren't for you, she wouldn't feel that way. If you hadn't done that thing, he wouldn't have left. The truth is we love to self-blame, even when it's painful, because it actually helps us feel like we have some control over the situation. Yeah, maybe it is my fault he feels guilty. If it's my fault, then I can fix it. I'll just make him feel better. I'll say whatever he needs to hear. I'll stop doing whatever it is he wants me to stop doing. Even if I have to erase myself, even if I have to do things I don't want to do, that's okay because he'll for sure feel better and I can feel safe again, right? Self-blame is about taking more than the appropriate amount of responsibility for something so that you feel like you have some control. So self-blame thinking it's your fault is about keeping you safe just like lack of self-trust just like self-sabotage but what is it costing you blaming yourself is draining and it also creates a lot of pain it feels terrible to believe that you can't trust yourself how, how what you are the only one you've got you're it and when you can't trust you that is a very hopeless situation we learn to stop trusting ourselves By believing so much that it's our fault that we're constantly walking on eggshells, constantly in anxiety, and constantly assuming the worst of ourselves. That is the cost that we bear for the self-blame and the lack of self-trust. So stop the self-blame. Understand that appropriate responsibility is okay. In fact, it's empowering. However, someone else's emotions are never your fault no matter how much they think that's true, it just simply isn't. You cannot control someone else's emotions. Emotion comes from thought and you can't control or jump into the head of another person and force them to think a thought. Okay. Now the final step is to build self-trust by heaping upon yourself tons and tons of compassion, patience, and self-forgiveness. This is so important. Remember the example of learning how to walk? You're going to fall a lot. And, it, and not only is it part of the process, it literally builds you in a way that enables you to walk. And babies, when they're doing this, right, they don't need compassion, patience, and self-forgiveness for themselves because they're not even thinking the negative things. They just do it. It's amazing. So in order to combat and unlearn the self-blame, and the failure pain is to bring in the patience, the compassion, and the self-forgiveness. You can trust that if you are patient with yourself and you never give up, that you'll become a master at whatever it is you're trying to do, thus allowing you to trust. If you always offer loving compassion to yourself, it will be a healing balm to the sting of feeling like a failure and the belief that you can't be trusted. If you always forgive yourself, then you're never punishing yourself or making yourself pay for your mistakes. You just forgive. You give yourself patience, compassion, and forgiveness, specifically with thoughts. Here are some thoughts. It just takes some time. I can keep going. It's inevitable that I will get this right if I don't give up, and I won't ever give up. I am a human that makes mistakes sometimes. Perfection is not required for success. I love me. I forgive me. It's okay. I will do better next time. These are thoughts that create patience, compassion, and forgiveness. And I highly recommend you write them down and put them somewhere where you can see it. So it's really interesting. It's taken me a few days to write this podcast just because of virtual learning and lots of other things going on in my business, managing clients, things like that. And in the middle of writing this episode, I had an amazing experience that really put this skill that I'm teaching you to the test in my own life. So I had the opportunity to give myself my own medicine. So this week, uh, due to a time reckoning mistake that I made, I did not show up to an appointment, a very important virtual meeting with a colleague of mine whom I love and I trust and I was hoping to collaborate with once I realized my mistake which was horrifying right I immediately contacted her and I was uh, she was understandably very frustrated and very disappointed and let me tell you the shame I felt was swift and powerful. Thoughts were flowing through my mind. How could I have done this? I totally embarrassed her. I made her wait, right? And she let me know how she felt about me. (laughs) She told me things like, this is so unprofessional and I don't work with people who don't do what they say they're going to do. this was messy and painful for me. And I, of course, I wanted to blame myself and to take on more responsibility than was necessary so that I could somehow make her forgive me in the moment so that I could feel better and get rid of the shame that was in me. Instead, I apologized. I noticed my thoughts. I allowed her to feel whatever it is that she needed to feel. She asked for some space to process her thoughts and I gave myself space for that as well. I practiced my little mantra. I love me. I forgive me. And every time I say that, it actually does bring immediate relaxation. But in this particular instance, especially since it was just right in the heat of the moment, it didn't immediately make the shame go away. And of course, this is not a problem. And I recognize this as well, that it's not a problem that the shame isn't going away immediately. It's not my job to force my emotion to calm down. It's, it's uh, I recognize that, I mean, of course it's gonna hurt for a while it's just, it just is sometimes that's really okay. And shame. And I just decided to feel the shame in my body and shame in my body feels like a really tight and heavy ball right inside of my chest. And so I decided to just be friends with the ball, <laughs> just to, to carry it with me as long as it needed to be there. Hello, shame. Ball, there you are. I see you, I feel you, and I'm just going to carry you. It's heavy, it doesn't feel great, but here we are. And in response to the shame, of course, I had urges pop up the urge to hide, to escape, to shut down, to remove myself from my online presence entirely, shut down my Instagram, shut down my Facebook, right? To stop being visible, to make myself as small as possible. But recognizing this, I know that that does not serve me. It doesn't make what I did right. It doesn't go back in time and change my mistake and it doesn't serve other people. So I decided to also reach out for coaching in my little mastermind group that I'm a part of. And boy, did they deliver. They helped me see that the source of my shame was that I was believing on a very deep level that I was a bad person because of the mistake I made. And they helped me they helped reassure me that one mistake doesn't determine my success or failure and that I am not in control of this person's reaction. That person is in control of her reaction and that's okay. They helped me remember compassion, right? I am currently pregnant as of, where are we at? September 2020. I mean, I, di- I didn't intend to. It was a simple mistake. I am managing Two kids in virtual school and a business with clients at home with without any help, right? Something sometimes things slip through the cracks, right? And I can offer myself grace even when others choose not to for their own reasons. And I can offer her grace too. I I can't, I don't need to expect her to forgive me right away, right? That maybe that's not the place that she's in right now. That's okay. That doesn't make her a bad person. It's just It's just emotion that she's having because of thoughts that she's having and she's allowed to have those thoughts and emotions. It's okay. They also helped me remember that life is always gonna be 50-50. I'm not gonna make all of the shots that I take. That's normal and okay. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna be successful. And they reminded me that I'm a human and that mistakes will happen, that mistakes happen to them all the time or not that they happen to them but that they commit mistakes on the regular and they're still very successful and it's just it's no reason to panic and no reason to believe that I'm not trustworthy. Y'all if you get yourself into a mastermind group it's the best thing ever. Now a year ago something like this would have broken me like it would have taken me days maybe even weeks to move through all of this pain but today I was able to move through it. I was able to move it through it within a day. This is huge progress for me. And I'm so grateful that I have these tools and resources at hand and that I've been practicing and I've been doing the work to heal. It's just making such a dramatic difference in my life. So having listened to that example, I want you to notice the difference between when I wanted to blame myself for both my mistake and her emotions and when I was able to shift into only taking appropriate responsibility for the mistake that I made and then stopping there. This subtle shift is life-changing. You can catch yourself when you're beating yourself up and you stop. So that is a decision I made a while ago that I would set that boundary for myself. I simply don't beat myself up anymore. If I catch myself wanting to, because I will want to sometimes, or if I start slipping into old habits, because that will happen too, it's okay. I notice it. Oh, look, I'm trying to beat myself up. Interesting. I stop. I decide I love me and I forgive me. And I remind myself, oh yeah, I don't beat myself up anymore. That's right. Because <laughs> you, that's a choice that you can make. You, you never have to beat yourself up ever again. Can you imagine? If you feel that you identify with the self-sabotage that we talked about last week, the temptation will be to use that as a stick to beat yourself up. Please don't, okay? It's not meant for that. Knowing the self-sabotage mechanisms is a tool of awareness. And the urge right now might be in that context to want to wait until your self-sabotage mechanisms are healed before you can trust yourself. But I want to offer today that self-trust is part of the path to healing those mechanisms. I'll say that again. Self-trust is the way to heal the mechanisms. You don't have to wait until they're healed before you allow self-trust. You self-trust first and that helps you heal. So you can start to practice self-trust now, and that will move you along the path of healing the innate instincts for self sabotage. You can trust yourself that you might make mistakes, but that you'll always have your own back when you do, and you'll always be working towards awareness and improvement. You'll always reach out for help when you need it. You'll never punish yourself and always forgive yourself. Do you see how? self-trust is less about the mistakes you make and more about how you see yourself, how you treat yourself and the decisions that you make about the mistakes. Those are two very different things. And eventually by using that tool, you create less and less mistakes. Okay. And you can be really good at compassion and forgiveness starting today, right now, even if you make more mistakes in the future, because this will help you heal and ultimately lead you to rewiring those parts of the brain that need it. Okay. Listen, it's safe to trust yourself. Not because you'll never make any more mistakes, but because making mistakes and learning from them and getting up and trying again is how you build the strength to change your brain and create the things that you truly want. Allow this self-trust to move you forward and to empower you through any setbacks that will come. Remember the exercise I gave you earlier to find the reasons why you shouldn't trust yourself? (laughs) Now I want you to turn that page over and write all the reasons why you are trustworthy in this moment right now. If your brain resists you, this is normal. What that looks like is, well, I can't find any reasons, or you write two reasons, well, I can't think of any more. Keep trying. Come up with at least five, even 10 reasons why you're trustworthy right now, and then post those reasons on your mirror, on your dresser, wherever you can see it, to remind yourself over and over and over, oh yeah, I am a trustworthy person. Oh yeah. I will always, I will always forgive myself. I will always have compassion for myself. Oh yeah, I if I want to beat myself up, I can always stop. I don't beat myself up anymore. Love, love, love this. So empowering. And of course, if you'd like more help with this please feel free to reach out for details. Uh, I work with clients one-on-one and we can get to work on your specific situation. Just email me, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at bythewaycoaching.com. I'd love to hear from you. The work of self-trust and rewiring those mechanisms will change your life dramatically. It has certainly changed mine. And working with a coach... Right, it's not required to make these changes, but it is a really great way to do it efficiently. Because <laughs> the work that I've done took me the better part of uh, about ten years. I, I I did it all on my own, but it took me about ten years to do that work. And now that I am where I'm at, I work with clients to get these results for them in a much shorter amount of time. And you just you get guidance and you get you know, that personal one-on-one help that is just so fun. Being coached and being a coach is just the most fun, most interesting kind of relationship you can have. And so if that's something you're interested in, I'd love to hear from you. Just go ahead and email me, laura at waycoaching.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and I hope that you're feeling amazing. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey there, if you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura at bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.